Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for good Sunday mornings. Father, thank you for the thrill that it was to see children up here singing songs. No matter who you are or no matter where you're at, happy children make life better. And we thank you for that. We thank you that in our church, Father, children are welcome. Children are welcome to be loud. Children are welcome to be running and jumping. Children are welcome to be children, kids. And we thank you, God, that that doesn't mean we've come up with something cool. We thank you, God, that Jesus showed us that he was like that. Let the children come to me is what our Lord said. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you that this specific day, it's Father's Day, and so the idea of family and the idea of parenting and the idea of being a dad is on the tips of our minds. And yet, God, we're not here to find something that sounds sweet or special. We're here to hear what you say about it. Father, today, help us to hear from you. Cause your spirit, Father, to speak to us our hearts and minds to embrace it, that Christ would get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would, please turn in the Bible to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 is where we're going to be today. We are in the book of Exodus every Sunday. We've been preaching verse by verse from the beginning of the book. But we finished chapter 12 last week. And so on a normal occasion, we would be starting chapter 13 today. But we're not going to. We're going to venture off for just a little bit to cover uh, Father's Day. Um, and that happens to be in Exodus. We're going to preach today. We're going to hear today on how to honor your father. If you were here back in May, then you remember that on Mother's Day I did the same thing. I preached on how to honor your mother. And so I thought it would be fitting to just do the, uh, to go the similar direction. How to honor your mother was in May and now here in June. How to honor your father. Now, if you're uh, used to coming to our church, you know this is not typically how I preach. I don't, I don't know enough about how to do how-to sermons. I don't give y'all that, that many how-to sermons. Um, and so even in this how-to sermon on how to honor your father, it's going to come straight from Scripture. I'm not going to come up with something that works in my life or maybe I saw works in your life. I'm going to come with things in the Bible that the Bible says honor dad. And then we did the same thing with honoring, honoring mom. Uh, and so I think... You will like that, seeing what the Bible says in our relationship toward Dad. How to honor your father. It is fitting, though, that it comes from the book of Exodus, where we've been just a few chapters ahead with chapter 20. Before we get into that, though, I do want to say that same thing I said on Mother's Day, that these, these Father's Days are, are special to me. Um, I'm a father. I have four kids, JJ, Eli, Noah, and Carolina. And that's very special. I don't normally wear shirts that are this colorful. I had on a different shirt this morning, but they brought me a little present. And this is the gift that they gave me for Father's Day today. So if it's a little bit too bright, I apologize for that. It was a gift for my children and I'm I'm proud to wear a shirt from them. But it is awesome being a dad. But what makes Father's Day even more meaningful to me it's not so much that I am a dad, but that I have a dad. And my dad has, has been so much to me. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I was born and raised. <clears throat> and in many ways, he was not the best dad, but he was a really good one. 
And I know that he loved me and he taught me so much. I remember him teaching me uh, how to hit the strike zone. When I was a boy, my dad would work all day, every day. The night before, when we would go to bed, he would go outside and he would take a five-gallon bucket and he would he would prop it up right here with some some wood and some bricks so that it was you know about this height, about knee high, with a five-gallon bucket. And then he would walk it off for me and measure for me what is the the pitching distance for little league. And I was a, I was a pitcher. And then he'd have this in a whole nother bucket of balls that would probably have 50, 60 baseballs in it. And he would say that sometime throughout the day before he got home, he wanted me to just do repetition of, 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 of working on throwing strikes into the bucket, which is pretty good. And so I would do that, you know, I'd, I'd throw a whole bucket in there and see how many I made in the bucket and pick them all up and have lunch. And then maybe again that afternoon, I would do it again and. You know, that, that wasn't necessarily time spent with my dad. I, you've heard me say before, my dad works a whole lot, or worked a whole lot. Was always working. It was my mom that taught me how to play ball. But I've got a lot of memories of things like that, to where uh, my dad just impacted me so. Um, I remember my dad coaching my teams when I was growing up. So Father's Day is special to me in the sense that, that I have a dad, and as a Christian, now as a man and as a father... I want him to be honored. I hope that you get this feeling too, that God has made us a people that desire to honor those that deserve to be honored. This is very fitting uh, at funerals. We do a lot of funerals. But when you go to a funeral, it really doesn't matter who the person is or what they were like. All of a sudden, there's this, this, this self-awareness among everybody that the person laying there in the casket deserves to be honored. Nobody's there saying, well, he's a scumbag. Nobody's there saying, he wasn't a good dad. He, nobody says that. At that moment, you're aware of, he's your dad. And that meant something. And so what I want us to see today is that that, that, that awareness is a God thing. It is from Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, where God lays out for us this idea of honor your father. It's fitting, though, or actually rare or or strange or peculiar that honor your father is in the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are are God's law. Y'all know this. The first commandment is that I am God and you shall have no other gods. The second commandment is that you should not make any other images and worship them. No created images, no false gods, no idols. The third one is that you should not take the Lord's name in vain. We're never to say Jesus Christ inappropriately. We're never to say GD. We're never to say OMG, you know. We're, We're not to do that. The fourth one is to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. There is to be rest in us. We are to be a people who know how to rest. I'll skip the fifth. The sixth is, do not murder. The seventh is, do not commit adultery. The eighth is, do not steal. The ninth is, do not bear false witness. Do not lie. The last commandment is, do not covet. Do not be jealous and do not desire things that aren't yours. And so these are clearly laws of, of things that we are not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. The old King James Version says, Thou shalt not. And you've heard that before. These are things that you're not supposed to be doing. These are God's laws to govern us. 
And if you read your Bible or you listen to your preacher, then you learn that these are not just laws for us to obey. No, that doesn't really help us. These are God's laws that show us that we disobey. They certainly help govern us, teach us how to live. But the Ten Commandments is so much more than that. And I think that there's some of you here today, if you'd listen, that don't know that. The Ten Commandments are to show us that we sin. You and I are to see that we're to worship God alone. And when you go through a day realizing, man, I, I don't really focus on God that much. I'm not that much of a godly person. Your mind should be thinking, this is not good. And how do I get right? Is there such thing as a second chance? Or, or can I be forgiven? Or where does this come from? And, and God provides that. And God says that because of our needing of forgiveness, because of our sins or our breaking His law, He sent Jesus in love to die on the cross for us. And the Bible says that while Christ is hanging on the cross, God dump-loaded, like took a dump truck and took all of our sins and put them on Christ on the cross. And Jesus Christ, being God, could not have died. But when Christ took our sins, God killed Him for us. So when you and I hear the Ten Commandments, we don't say things like, well, I try my best to keep them. That's not what the Ten Commandments are for, folks. Please hear me on that. The Ten Commandments are to show us what God is like and what He wants us to be like. And when we realize that we break them, we should be thinking, oh no. What do you do when you break a law of God? Just like when you're going down Gene Snyder and you find that you've gotten up to 80 miles an hour, you need to realize, whoa, speed limit's 65, I need to slow it down here. It's not good to be breaking this law. What do we do when we've broken God's law? We turn to God. We don't turn away from God. We turn to God in His great faithfulness that we just sang about and in His great love that He shows to us in Christ and we ask Him to forgive us. We don't continually go into God saying, was I good enough this time? God, was I good enough this time? Are you impressed with me now? That's not, that's not what God is wanting. He is too great for us to be an impressive people. You're pretty impressive. I'm looking at you. You're pretty impressive. But not that impressive for God's great glory. So the Ten Commandments are to show us that we need Him. And we understand that on those nine that I just said. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. But then that fifth commandment that I skipped over is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Look at it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother? Does that fit in there with do not have sex outside of marriage? Seems to be two different things. Most of the commandments are about action. The fifth commandment is about attitude. Most of of the commandments are about action, things that you do wrong, laws that you break. This fifth one is about your attitude. I want to ask you here today, what is your attitude toward your dad? And do you realize that God has not said that your attitude toward your dad should be based off how he is to you? Many of you are thinking that you're off the hook because you got a bad dad. Many of you are thinking that, that, that this doesn't really apply to me, Josh. You don't, you don't know my dad. God certainly knows your dad, and he still says, honor your father. It's about an attitude. It's not about something you do. He didn't say, on, on Father's Day, you've got to go make sure you see your dad, you buy him a gift, and you write him a big note, and tell him what you love him, and hug his neck, and spend the afternoon with him, and all that. God's not saying that. Now, hopefully your attitude kind of leads towards something like that, but God is speaking towards your attitude towards your father. Honor your father. 
Where did you get that dad from, might I ask? God. God gave us our dads. Every one of us. Now, I want you to think about how odd it is that honor your fathers on the Ten Commandments. I said this in the Mother's Day sermon. If you're going to create a universe, you're going to create a world and put people on it, and there were going to be billions of people in the world that you created to live, and you thought, man, these people are crazy. I need to give them some rules. And you came up with ten rules to govern the creation you've created. Things like God and things like don't kill seem really good, right? But would parents be one of your top ten? Would the way you relate to your mom and dad be part of your top ten? Are are parents that important that when God came up with ten laws, parents had to be in it? Apparently so. And while you and I may or may not have thought that or felt that, God certainly knows what He's doing. And can I submit to you today that we cannot underestimate the importance of family We cannot underestimate the importance of parents. We cannot underestimate the importance of a father. And so today, I'm not preaching on what a father needs to be like. I'm preaching today on how to honor your father from the Word of God. How to honor your father. Because it says here in the Ten Commandments to honor him. I want to give you four points today on how you can honor your father. In the Mother's Day sermon, I gave four points, and they were to obey her, which comes from the Bible, praise her, which comes from the Bible, imitate her, which comes from the Bible, and to believe in Jesus, which comes from the Bible. Obey her, Ephesians 6. Praise her, Proverbs 31. Imitate her, First and Second Timothy. Believe in Jesus, the whole Bible. But I told you these points are coming straight from the Bible, and so while they're going to be similar, they're not exactly the same. Okay? I didn't see a place in the Bible where it says to praise your father. Something neat about that. I'll get to that in a bit. The first one I want you to hear today is to obey him. The second one I want you to see is to respect him. The third one I want you to see today is to learn from him. And the fourth one I want you to see today is to trust in Jesus. Number one, how can I honor my father? You can't obey him. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Folks, life is about doing things that you're supposed to do. I know that that seems weird to young people today. But life's about doing things you're supposed to do. You know what we call that? Responsibility. Life's about taking care of your responsibilities and doing those. And when you talk about it that way, people think, well, I don't really like that. But if you ever see anybody who doesn't know how to take care of their responsibilities, they are failing. They are a loser. There are some people who thought they were going to graduate this past week from all the different high schools around here. But there are quite a few kids that thought they were going to walk on graduation and didn't get to. Why? They didn't fulfill the requirements to graduate. They didn't do what they were supposed to do to make it. Life's about doing what we are supposed to do. And when we have parents, the parents who have, who have uh, been given the responsibility from God to be over us and to lead us, the children are to be ones who obey their parents. That's right. Hey, the opposite of obeying is disobeying. And I want to remind you that that's wrong. 
Disobedience is wrong. If the speed limit is 65 on the Gene Snyder, it's wrong for you to go 85. If the coach tells you to go run and you don't run, it's wrong for you to not go run. That's disobedience. And the Bible teaches us in Ephesians 6 that we are to honor our Father by obeying them. It actually says in Ephesians 6, 1, Children, obey your parents, mother and father, in the Lord, for this is right. And then the very next verse, Ephesians 6, verse 2, says, Honor your father and mother, quoting from the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. So it includes both there. Listen, it says the obedience, which is that action that I talked about. And then verse 2 gets to the honor, which is the attitude that I talked about. In other words, children, children who have parents are to be children who have an attitude and an action that is good and honoring and submissive and obedient to their parents. There were times when I was a kid where I would wake up in the summertime. You know how it is being a kid at summertime. You typically stay up later than you should, and you typically sleep later than you should. And if Dad finds out that you slept till 2 p.m., he's like, man, what a waste you are. I could have done all this. I was already worked half a shift and already had lunch by the time you're waking up, man. And I would wake up sometimes, and right there in the kitchen, my dad would have a note. Josh, clean the gutters. I'll be home at 6. I think, okay. But Dad, I... I got plans today. I'm waking up at two. Me and my buddy are going to Taco Bell and then we're going to play ball, man. And I would think, well, dad, I got plans. Wake up at two, go Taco Bell, go play basketball. By that, by that time, which he hadn't really done anything, it's six o'clock and his work day's over. But I learned real quickly that if I didn't get those gutters cleaned, I had messed up. And sometimes when you're a teenager, you don't realize that I could have just woke up at 10 and gotten those gutters cleaned and still done everything else. And, you know, a lot of the tension and fights that happen between dad and sons is like, Dad, I had plans. I mean, you wrote a note. I didn't know it before. I had plans. But looking back, my plans were a little bit out of priority, weren't they? If dad, doing all he does, asked me to clean the gutters, then right, it's the least I can do during summer break to clean the gutters. He expects that I would obey him. Now that I'm a little bit grown, I realize I should obey him. But I want you to know this is what God says to obey. We're to obey our parents. Now I want to remind you that obedience is not always easy. And we often don't. I also want to remind you that disobeying somebody is not allowed because of their attitude. That doesn't make it right. If a cop is mean to you and rude to you, it doesn't give you the right to all of a sudden start breaking the law. A lot of people act that way, but that's not right. If a coach is mean to you and rude to you, it's not right for you to not listen to your coach. Where'd you get that from? Hey, if your parents or your father aren't the best parents in the world, he's not the best dad, you don't have the right to disobey him. What makes you think that? That's not right. We're to be people that obey. The only time we should ever not obey our parents, our father, is when it gets to the point where they have asked us to disobey God. And that's rare. I know that happens, but that's rare. Children, and everybody in here is a child, obey your father. At our house, there are times when the kids don't listen. I know y'all can't imagine that, but there are times where the kids don't listen. And it's frustrating when your kids don't listen. And so what we'll have to do, and it's tedious, but we'll do it. I'll sit down somewhere, and I'll say, J.J., go stand over there against that wall. And he'll go stand over there, and I'll say, When he's at the wall, I'll say, J.J., come here. He'll walk all the way over here. 
And as soon as he gets to me, I'll say, JJ, go back over there and stand against that wall. He'll go back over there and stand against the wall. I'll say, look out the window. And I'll say, okay, come here, come here, come here. And come back over here. And we'll do that like four or five times. And at the end, I'll say, when Daddy says, come here, what do you do? Come here. Because people need to know from the Bible that children are to obey their parents. We're to be a people who take the responsibility of parenting right so that our children will obey us. Sometimes it takes work like that. If you want to honor your father, regardless of what your father's like, obey him. Number two, respect him. Not only obey him, but respect him. Here's what I mean by this. Okay, You're not going to find a place in the Bible where it says respect your father, but here's what you will find. The Bible teaches us that God is our ultimate father. The Bible says this through and through the word father. Jesus says that when you pray, you should pray like this. Father in heaven. We are a people who believe that God is our heavenly father. You have an earthly father, maybe. But if you're a believer in Christ, you have a heavenly father. God becomes your father. And so with that perspective, listen to me. God has designed it where you and I are to be people who have a God that is a heavenly father to us, which means that our earthly father is not and cannot possibly be our heavenly father. There's a difference between an earthly father and a heavenly father. Here's why I'm calling this respect to him. Because we are to be a people who realize that our dads on earth are not our heavenly father. In other words, they're not perfect. Listen here, sons and daughters. Your dad, regardless of who your dad is, is not perfect. He is not God. I'm continually frustrated by people whose expectations or, 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 or desires from their dad are not realistic. Your dad cannot be God to you. He's supposed to be godly, but he cannot be God to you. Now, I'm not making excuses here for bad dads. Please hear me on that. I'm not. We need to hear that we need dads out there. And I preach that a lot too. It's time for men to man up, take responsibility for their kids. That's not what I'm preaching today. I'm saying to every, every, every son and daughter, every one of us, that you need to realize your dad is not your God. Dads mess up. Dads fall short. Dads sin. Dads aren't perfect. And that, like I said before, is not an opportunity or a situation now for you to go in rebellion, for to go in disobedience. No, you are to be somebody, if your focus is on God, who always desires to honor your father, even in a bad situation. I got a bad dad. The Christian says, how do I honor my dad? He's a bad dad, but how do I honor him? I still want to honor him. So when I say respect him, it is to realize that he's not perfect. To realize that he's not God. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that God in love predestined us to be adopted as sons. In other words, that God has made us to be a people who God has brought into his family through faith in Christ. We used to not be in the family of God, but God has brought us into the family of God. And that family of God is now what gives us our identity. It's what gives us our esteem. Call it self-esteem, Christ-esteem, no-esteem, whatever. It's what gives us the confidence and identity in life to live the way we're supposed to live. I've got God. He loves me. I'm accepted. I'm not defined by my sins. I'm defined by who God is and the way He loves me. This identity that comes in Christ is because of the way God loves us and has brought us in and accepted us. And the Bible says, 
says that when that happens, we are now his children. We are heirs of God, the Bible says in Romans 8. If all of that is true, then your attitude, listen to me, toward your earthly father will change. If you are content in your heavenly father, then your strictness and harshness toward your earthly father will diminish. Yes, it will. Not always, but a lot of times you find somebody that is bitter towards their earthly father. It is because their relationship with their heavenly father is not good. It's not healthy. Again, this is not an excuse for bad dads. But it is a calling in Scripture from God to honor your father. And don't expect your father to be God. He won't be. And I speak for all the fathers out there. It's hard. It is hard to parent. I said this to the mothers too. I think mothering is being the hardest, is the hardest job on the planet. After that, I think it's working for JCPS. But motherhood, I think, is the hardest. Motherhood is the hardest. But fatherhood is hard too. It is hard. When kids act up, when kids disobey, when kids are rebellious, when kids are rude, when a dad hasn't done his job, he realizes he's worked too much, he hasn't taught his kid. I had a t-ball game yesterday, and this was the fourth game of the year. I mean, we're way into it. The season's almost over. I threw a little grounder to a boy. I threw a little grounder to a boy, and he picked it up. And I kid you not, he, he didn't know how to throw the ball. I, I was trying to keep the other kids to not laugh. He picked it up like this, and he, and, he, and he did like this, and he wanted to try to do this number like he was throwing a highlight. And... He didn't, so he swapped, took off his glove, put it in his other hand, and started doing the same thing like this. And by the time he threw it, I was about ten feet away right there, and it would have hit that wall. He didn't know how to throw. I thought, his dad hasn't taught him how to throw a ball. He's got a dad. I've met his dad. He hasn't taught him how to throw a ball. That's not a reason. That's not a reason... For him to not respect his dad. It's a situation. It might be a little bit tough, especially as he gets older. But it's a situation where he needs to realize my dad's not everything. We need to realize who our heavenly father is. We need to realize what our earthly father is. We need to respect our dads, even with all their shortcomings. A couple years ago, I... I felt the urge, it was in March of 2012, to write my dad a, a, a note. I wrote my dad this big, long note. It's about three pages long. It's about him being a hero. And I, I listed off all these ways why my dad is, is a hero to me. But my last point was that my dad knows who he is. And here's what I said in that. My dad knows he's not my superhero. Jesus is that. Jesus is the one who sticks closer than any family member. Jesus is the one that I give my all 100% to. Jesus is the one who will never let me fall, who has taken my life upon His life and upon His death so so that I might have life. Jesus is my superhero. And if Jesus is my superhero, guess what? That means my dad can just be a hero. That means my dad can just be good to me In some areas. And because I know that, and because my dad knows that, 
he don't get too down on himself when he's not the best. And I don't get too mad at him when he's not the best. I got a heavenly father who satisfies my soul, who frees me up to honor my earthly father. If you want to honor your father, you need to obey him. You need to respect him. Thirdly, you need to learn from him. This is fascinating in the scriptures. If you'll turn to the... Well, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it quickly. In the book of Proverbs, though, you have this saying over and over again. Solomon talking about wisdom using the father-son language. Son, listen to me. This is remarkable. Now, I know men aren't the type that teach, that talk a lot. Most men aren't. And so maybe it is that you're not listening and learning from him from all that he said. Maybe it's more so from what he's done. But either way, the idea of learning from him is clearly in the scriptures. We are to remember what our fathers have taught us. We are to not forget their instruction. Listen to this. Proverbs 1.8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Proverbs 2.1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you. Proverbs 3.1, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 3.21, My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Proverbs 4.20, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Proverbs 5.1, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. Proverbs 6.20, my son, keep your father's commandment. Proverbs 7.1, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Proverbs, well, I'll stop, stop there. How many times in the scriptures do you read and you hear, my son, listen to what I have told you. I want to ask you, is your dad honored? That he sees things in your life that he's told you. Now, my my kids are young. We're just barely getting to where you can see this sort of thing. But man, is it, man, is it special. When I see my sons doing something that I've told them. We had to go to something just this past week, uh, I think it was maybe a graduation. And Val wore a dress. And when Val walked into the living room wearing her dress, Noah goes, Mama's pretty. <laughs> I liked that. I've told, I've told them several times that if Mama or Carolina are looking pretty, they better tell them. We've talked about that in our house. We talk about it a lot. Carolina... And mama don't need to go without being told that they look pretty. Now, that doesn't need to be y'all's preference, but that's ours. And when Noah did that, I thought, good job, son. In T-ball, J.J. was hitting the ball down the first baseline. If you know anything about T-ball, you hit it down the first base, they don't have to make a throw, so they pick it up and tag first, and you're going to get out. If you turn and hit it to third, they've got to make a throw. You're never going to get out if you hit it to third in T-ball, ever. So I said, J.J., when you step up to the, to the plate, instead of standing like this, just shift a little bit. Pull that thing down third, you'll be on first every single time. We went to the game. 
He walked up there, got to the plate, did like that. I said, good job. I remember when I made the basketball team in high school, and right before our first game, coach said, when you boys show up here tomorrow, I want every single one of you clean shaven. We don't play games with hair on our face. I'd never shaved in my life. I was kind of a late bloomer. I went home and said, Dad, I need to shave. My dad got a razor, got some shaving cream, showed me how to do the full deal. I remember these things. I remember the first time I mowed the grass, my dad chewed me out because I didn't do it right. He taught me how to mow grass. But I remember all these things that my dad has said. And the scriptures are telling us that we are to be a people that remember what our fathers have said. If you want to honor your dad... Recall the things He's told you. Don't ignore them. Listen to them. Obey them. Don't forget His instruction. If you want to honor your Father, obey Him. Respect Him. Learn from Him. And then number four, lastly, trust in Jesus. Now, I know a lot of you may be thinking, well, that's a little bit of a stretch. My dad doesn't trust in Jesus. Well, Josh, that's a little bit of a stretch. My dad's never talked to me about Jesus. I don't really see how he's going to be honored in that. Listen here. I think we can give the benefit of the doubt to every dad on the planet that they want their child to be the best they can be. It's in every single parent, father and mother, that they want their child to be their best. They want their child to be healthy. They want their child to be successful. They want their child to be obedient. They want their child to do right. Parents desire that for their children. I'm here to tell you today that apart from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll never be who you're supposed to be. The efforts of our own, on our own strength, with our wayward hearts, fall short. We're not able to be who we're supposed to be. The Psalms say that apart from you, God, there is nothing good in me. Paul speaks in Romans 7 about the frustration of not being able to do on a regular basis the things that he wants to do. And then being frustrated by doing things that he doesn't want to be doing. In fact, that's what it means to be alive. Is that as as sinful people, we continually find ourselves disappointed in ourselves. Maybe not all day, every day, but life has its disappointments. Self has its disappointments. But the Bible teaches us that in Christ, we come to the end of ourselves and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and then enables us to believe, enables us to obey, enables us to love and to serve and to work hard. The Apostle Paul would say, if hard work's a big deal to your dad, the Apostle Paul would say that he worked harder than anybody else because of the grace of God that was inside of him. The hard, strong, tough work ethic, the calloused hands that Apostle Paul held up in Acts chapter 20 to, to the church and said, look at my hands, how rough they are. That work ethic, in Paul's mind, came from God inside of him. You want to have a son that's respectful. You want to have a son that works hard. You want to have somebody who does things right and obeys, that comes from Christianity. If you want to honor your father by being the best person, man or woman, daughter or son that you can be, turn away from you and your efforts. Look to Christ as a Savior. Be forgiven of your sins and live for God. There is no life in the world that is more right and beautiful than the life that is focused on Jesus.
There is no life in the world that is more right and beautiful than the life that is focused on Jesus. If you want to honor your Father, do that. The Ten Commandments, as I said in Exodus 20, are to show us that we need a Savior. When you hear honor your Father and you're not honoring Him, what that points out is that you need a Savior. When you're reminded of all the ways that you don't honor your father, you're not supposed to be thinking, ah, no big deal. You're supposed to be thinking, I need Jesus. If you want to honor your father, know that you need Jesus. If you don't honor your father, turn to Jesus. Let Jesus empower you to honor your father. Three times in the Proverbs, chapter 10, 1, chapter 15, verse 20, and chapter 23, verse 25 says, A wise son makes a happy father. A wise son makes a happy father. Proverbs also say that fools despise wisdom. If you want to honor your dad, obey him like God tells you to. Respect him because you know he's not your God. He's not perfect. Remember what He's told you because He's tried to teach you. And lastly, turn to Jesus so that you know how to honor Him. If you're here today and your relationship with your Father is not there or there's tension, I would ask you to hear what I've said today. Ask God to help you with it. And as you leave out of here, think about the health or the freshness that could come to that that relationship when your perspective shifts away from him and the type of father he was to God and the type of father that God is to you. Oh, the difference of the person whose eyes are on God in viewing their father instead of their eyes just being on their father. May we be a people, may we be a Christian people who know what it means to honor our Father. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you, God, that in the Ten Commandments we have things like honor your Father. Something that should be simple and straightforward in all parts of life, in all areas of the world. Parents with children and honoring our Father. Yet, Father, regardless what age we get, we are to be honoring our Father. Father, I pray today that you would work in our hearts to help us to see whether we've honored Are our fathers happy because of us? And God, if we are at fault here, show us Christ. Help us to see him afresh, that we would trust him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.